Spurs like Martin I mean this is a third place team in the Bundesliga I mean this is a very very good result for Spurs any win is a good win he's like what are you talking about mate this is Wolfsburger <laughs> in Austria this is not Wolfsburg OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app the OTB Football Roadshow in association with Cadbury FC Kicking us off on our list of female Irish influential footballers is Emma Byrne. Emma Byrne. I actually played with Emma Byrne um, when I was at League Slip United under 16s. Emma was actually our under 14 goalkeeper, and we used to we used to get her brought up to the 16s quite a lot because we used to love when Emma was in the team because it was funny back then. But she was the only goalkeeper that actually dived. And we, we always did so well when she was in the team. So even at that age, she was always a goalkeeper that stood out to me because she was just different. She had that height. She had that presence. She was always in your ear, even when she was like so young. Yeah. She, you know, she wasn't afraid to, to tell you what she wanted yeah, um, I think as a keeper. That's a big thing as a goalkeeper. But Emma was a, she was the person who set the standards mm-hmm. and she continued that the whole way throughout her career. And we saw that, obviously, from a young age, she made international teams when she was so young. But right the way up till the 2017 stance where we were trying to improve things for the Irish national team, she was the spearhead of that. She's the person who always set the standards. Um, and if you think about a captain and someone who just has an aura of a captain about her, that's the thing that I notice when you walk into the room, she was probably my first international captain. Kira Grant had just gone when I was breaking through and I was scaredless of her. But I also knew that she'd go to bat for me no matter what. And I think that she's the mark of a true captain and a true leader. And she continues to set standards and talk about how we can improve all the time. Yeah. And I think even at a young age, you could tell that Emma was the type of person who would take stuff on because I think when you think after League Slipping Out, I think she played for St. Patrick's Athletic and then she went abroad. Yeah. And even to go at that young age. Huge back then. Absolutely. Yeah. Like to go and take that chance and to go to play, um, was a massive risk for her. And then obviously, she got her break and, and got to go to Arsenal. And, and I think she was quiet at Arsenal, though. They didn't win much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> An old quadruple, a treble, a few European trophies. But I think she was probably the first female player that I remember um, kind of as a professional footballer. The first one that I think of as that was her career and, and that she she just really won everything. Um, yeah, it was that Irish trio, Kira Grant, Yvonne Tracy, exactly. Emma, and then Niamh Fahey joined them. Yeah. And they were always the people we would have looked up to. They're not that much older. Niamh was closer in age, but we always looked up to them. I have a picture with Yvonne Tracy down at the Gaynor Cup and like she'd always talk about Emma as well. Like Emma was not just that leader with Ireland. She was that leader with Arsenal as well. And people around the club still talk about her, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I think so. And and she, I think the, the setup at Arsenal at the time was they played, but they also worked for the club. So it was actually a really good way of doing it. And Emma started obviously then as a goalkeeping coach and working in that capacity as well. And she was coaching lads at Arsenal and, and in the boys section. So always a bit of a trailblazer. And, you know, certainly, as you said, in 2017, someone who wasn't afraid to stand up and, and say, these are the standards we expect. Yeah. And oh, definitely a bit of a game changer. She'd gone through a couple of decades with the Irish team yeah. at that point. So she'd seen some improvements, but not enough. And like 
she could easily, she was towards the latter end of her career there. She could easily have just kept things nice with the FAI, you know, keep a nice, easy relationship. But she took a chance and she was continuously fighting. People don't know how much work the likes of Emma Byrne and Anya Gorman did in the background for that. Hours and hours spent knocking on doors and to no avail. And eventually the PFAI got involved and it became what it became. And because of that, parity has happened this year and we've seen Katie as the spearhead of that. But that she, she learned to be captain from Emma Byrne. She's one of those players that, for me... One of the reasons I really love what Katie is as a player is because she has this phenomenal ability from an attacking point of view, but an incredible, relentless application to work rate off the ball. Um, and she does it. She does the hard work, but she also can do the really magical mm. stuff as well. And some of the goals we've seen her score um, and hopefully a few more to come. She's quite a complete player. What Katie has done is... She's probably the the most recognisable face of Irish women's football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about her as as a player, but also at the end of every game in Tala Stadium, she's there going, meeting all the, the girls and all the fans and signing the autographs, getting the photos taken. She understands what it means mm. um, and gives her time. And, you know, she's such an open person, a very personable person, um, and people can really relate to her. Um, and I think, you know, she's the type of person who's never lost touch with her roots and her identity. And I think I love seeing her in Tala Stadium because it does yeah. feel like she's really at home. And she is at she home. She knows yeah. the stadium. <laughs> Absolutely. And, but, but, but that's, I think that's part of the, the charm of, of, of the women's team is the accessibility yeah. to their fans. And, and I, you know, Katie embraces that and, and, and also it, she understands how important and the responsibility that comes with the being that, that type of role model to young girls and boys. Um, she, she really embraces it and understands that responsibility. And, you know, she speaks out and speaks so well and so eloquently about the responsibilities that the team have and, you know, the, the extra work that the team do and it's charity work or visiting, um, schools and, and all that type of stuff when they're in camp. Um, you know, she's again a tremendous leader. Yeah. We've um, seen that she's obviously done the Aviva campaign for pride and promoting just visibility of the LGBT community in football and then there's the growth of the game and watch the partnership with Cadbury's and how that's helping grow the game and we see her on every billboard that we possibly can in terms of making these players visible because they deserve the audience and Katie is so integral to that. Yeah and I think you know as I go back to that personable side to her that you know People can look at Katie and go, you can just be who you are mm. and be brilliant and be a role model and live the, the, the career that you, you dreamed of. And, you know, I think Katie really represents that and, and symbolizes it. And she's a tremendous role model for every young girl and boy in this country. Next up, we have my pal, good friend, Stephanie Roach. Uh, what can we say about Steph? Well, when we talk about influence, big goals, you know, a player that really shot um, Irish women's football to the global stage, really, um, you know, 
thank God that goal was captured on, on TV or on film that day. But, you know, what Steph did, did was she stood up and walked into a room of global stars as an Irish woman, um, as an Irish footballer. And, you know, she became a symbol of what men or women, what any footballer could dream of. You know, I think that that walk and that walk that she had with, you know, the Ronaldo, the Messi's in the room. And she stood tall and walked into that room because she belonged to be there. And I think it's one of the most iconic images of Irish sport. I mean, there's a lot more to Steph than just that moment. But and, and I think when most people think about Steph, that's the thing that comes to mind first and foremost. Um, she had a, you know, a long, hard road to deliver that goal and to deliver that moment. And, and we, we'll talk about that. But I think just from a symbolic point of view for an Irish player to get to that stage and be in that room and be there um, because they absolutely deserve to be there was so iconic and, and I think very inspirational for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm delighted that all of that has happened for Steph. I mean, not only did she have the talent to produce a Puskas nominated goal, she's a fantastic representative of women's sport in this country because she's modest, she's hardworking, but she took on the responsibility again of putting herself out there and growing the game. And you hear it in Tala Stadium, if her name is ever announced, it gets the loudest cheer because she's so recognised and she's done so much in terms of coaching, going out to schools. We talk about accessibility, the Irish team is so good yeah. for that. Steph is everywhere and she's doing it off her own bat. And I just think she's so underrated in in her influence. I mean, we have her on this list here because she deserves to be there in terms yeah. of how she has put Irish female football on the map um, and put probably the WNL on the map as well yeah. because before her, there weren't too many people going away and maybe that goal was the thing that made people step up and recognise, okay, there's more talent in Ireland than we maybe gave it credit for and it got her some moves away. They maybe didn't work out as she would have wanted, but she's, again stuck at it she's continuing to do her work both on and off the pitch and I there's no one I know who loves football more than Stephanie Roach so for me it was the perfect goal and the perfect person to have executed it. It takes great strength to not just produce a moment like that but to live through it and and then continue in, in your career and, and stay grounded in the way that she has. Absolutely and you know as you say she is another one of those um, household names now in Irish football and um, and a great, not just a really good footballer, but actually a great person to go with it. Yeah, and still knocking in the goals for female, is, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and look, she's, um, and that's as you say, it's, it's that resilience. You can tell with Steph, she just loves the game. She mm. just... It's it's you know, it's part of just who she is um, and, you know, the resilience that she's shown over the years. And like I said, dealing with the setbacks, but also popping up with all the goals that she does, not just the number of them, but the quality of them as well. And long may she continue. Yeah. So next up as one of our most influential female players in Irish football history is Olivia O'Toole. How do you sum up the influence she has a Goals, 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 more goals. Um, probably the first person maybe of my generation we had that had someone to look up to. Yeah. You know, um, she was the first standout 
look at her stats. She's incredible, kind of stand up and take notice player. Um, and she's spoken recently about how people have come up to her and said, God, we really looked up to you. And she never really thought about no. it when she was playing. But the numbers she's put up, 54 goals or something like that, we're nowhere near that at the moment. And that's been standing for a long time. And she's continuing to give back to the sport even now because she just is so, so passionate for it. You can hear it in her voice whenever she does interviews. She just did everything for the love of football, changed clubs, moved where she lived, did everything for football. Yeah, she's one of those kids that just, and you know, like she played boys, she played for Sheriff Street when she was only six. Um, and all the way up until she played boys football, all the way up until she was 14 and there was still no girls team. And I think it's incredible to think that she never played girls football until she was 16. And that's, you know, that's incredible. It shows how determined she was and how much she loved the game to be able to continue. And just there's only a, a deep seated love of the game takes you through that. And it's obviously all she knew and all she wanted to do. But when you look at it, I think it's nine league titles and eight FAI Cup medals um, like Olivia O'Toole. For me, when I think about her all those years ago, she was the player. Whenever you heard Olivia Toole, you just know she scores everything and wins everything. Again, we talk about setbacks. She had a couple of years out of the senior team. Yeah. So what could her total Her numbers could be so yeah, much higher. They could be even higher, which is remarkable because for at a time where Ireland weren't competing at as high a level and where they weren't playing as many games, 54 goals is incredible. Yeah, and I think, you know, she made her debut back in 1991 and came on as a sub against Spain scored the winner, 1-0 off the bench. And that was the first time that Irish, an Irish women's team had beaten a continental team. And, you know, the minute she put the green jersey on, she was she changed the mm. level, changed the, the, you know, the standard. And, you know, as you say, an out-and-out -out winner, but a most humble player and person who just, I, I still don't think, and I've had so many conversations with Olivia over the years, I still don't think she has any capacity of understanding how good she was yeah. and how much of a difference she made. And I hope someday she does realise that because she was a game changer and certainly probably the first role model in Irish football, in Irish women's football that I can remember. She's managing Usher Celtic and she has ambitions for them. You know, she wants to bring them to the Women's National League. Yeah. She's passionate about growing the game as well. And when we talk about influence, we're not always talking about talent, although she's probably one of the most talented players we've ever had. Yeah. But the influence that she had to date and will continue to have because of her passion for the sport is huge. And next on our list of influential footballers is Paula Gorham. Paula Gorham, um, a lady I actually met recently at the FAI's um, Centenary Awards lunch. Um, where she and John Giles were inducted into the Hall of Fame and it was such a special moment for her. Um, and it was actually, it was lovely to see how much that little bit of recognition actually meant to her. Um, because I think the women and girls who play football in Ireland today really stand on the shoulders of women like Paula Gorham, who really had to face battles to... to to not just play and have decent standards, but just yeah. to play and just to, to be able to, you know, as a female, put on a pair of football boots and, and have that right to get out and play a game of football. And, you know, Paula 
probably endured so many obstacles, um, but certainly the the talent and the the standard of Irish football today stands on the shoulders of the likes of Paula and and her teammates and and those women back then. Yeah, and I know um, Dundalk; they're all very proud of her down yeah. there. She was part of a, a dominant Dundalk team that played in an unofficial league. I mean, that's what we're talking about now. Yeah. And we talk about other people's stats and achievements, but that that's playing for the love of the game and getting public transport up to Dublin. She mentions the anti-culty kind of <laughs> campaign there was there. but And she was almost a professional footballer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Stadurami. I mean, that would be unheard of. The, it didn't, Incredible. It didn't come to fruition in the end. But the fact that that was even spoken about when she had so many other obstacles to face here in Ireland playing, it's incredible to think that she was that good, that foreign countries and professional contracts were taking notice of her back then. Um, and when she did make her debut for Ireland, a casual hat-trick. Yeah, a casual hat-trick, 1973. And what strikes me about not just the fact that she scored a hat-trick in that game, it was against Wales, but that was the first official mm. Irish women's game in 1973. So to... to just to even think that that's the first official game um, and how late that is, um, is a testament to every one of them that was in that squad um, and what they did to, to get to that point. Um, and, you know, as you say, a casual hat-trick on, your, on mm -hmm. your debut in the first official game. You're right. That's is, why I feel like it's so important to talk about what yeah. the likes of Olivia and Paula have done because we have household names now, but... These, again, are the people, they were the, the trailblazers, the ones who pushed and showed their talent to a point that people stood up and noticed. And it has allowed the girls to now go and make careers out of it. And if there's any legacy, I mean, that's that has to be it. That's huge. The fact that girls can Absolutely. now go away and play professionally and uh, an eyelid isn't bad at it. Whereas when it was happening for Paula, it would have been completely unheard of. Yeah. And I mean, that's the legacy piece, isn't it? That, you know, what. Paula and her generation of female footballers, what they did and the endurance, their endurance was a different type of endurance to what it what's needed in the game now. Yeah. But, you know, what they did and like I say, everything that they did, they were they provided the rungs on the ladder for the generations that have followed. It's lovely to see that Paula when her any acknowledgement of Paula's career is an acknowledgement of all the women mm -hmm. that she played with. Um and again, trailblazer in a different type of way, but certainly nonetheless hugely, hugely influential um, and certainly somebody that we should never forget. The OTB Football Roadshow in association with Cadbury FC.